When we listen to a Dharma talk, we're listening in a holistic way. We're listening with the heart. We're listening with the body. When we're taking notes, um, we tend to be listening with the mind because that's <clears throat> that's what's taking in, you know, specific catching specific words and making verbal connections with def- different ideas. So it it kind of. Uh, flattens out our experience if we're taking a lot of notes. <clears throat> if something really, if, if you like to take notes uh, and it's helpful for you to take notes um, and, and you want to uh, just put down a few words, a, an idea that you're trying to hold on to because it really, you really connected with it, sometimes something really resonates, you really connect with it, and then, because you're trying to hold on to it, you're not listening anymore. Uh, so then taking, writing a few notes can be helpful, but um, not writing a lot of notes. I really encourage you not to, if that's your habit, to, uh, to not write a lot of notes. So does that clarify the, uh, the question? I'd like to say a few words in general before I begin today about how we um, listen and learn and practice on retreat. Um, And especially for, there are quite a few people who haven't been on retreat before or who have only been on a few retreats. And um, in, in our experience, you know, going through school, you know, most of us who have had this experience of sitting in a room with a lot of people looking all in one direction and somebody's talking at the front of the room, well, there's going to be a quiz and you've got to remember it all and, uh, and you, it's pass or fail and uh, and you're you're comparing yourself to oh he got a 95 how come i only got an, an 85 and and it's it's that kind of comparing mind and and uh, kind of learning ideas about things trying to remember them and uh, um, yeah it's it's a, so so because that's so ingrained in us I'd like to just point out that uh, it's a very different kind of learning experience when we're on retreat. <clears throat> so there are people here in this room uh, who have um, really who have not meditated before, who have courageously plunged into this experience of going on retreat and saying, oh, "I'm just going to immerse myself in this experience," you know, bravo, and uh, but. You know, or and they're they're hearing and and taking things in in a very different way. There are also people on this retreat who have been practicing meditation for 15 years or more, who have done many retreats, and so they're going to be hearing things in a different way. They they have you know experiences that they can connect with as we talk about different aspects of Dharma. So, um, so a, a, a kind of um, 
an image that came to mind as as uh, in contrast to a classroom. Uh, an image came to mind more like imagine that um, you're at a buffet, okay, and it's like the tables are piled high with all kinds of of wholesome and beautiful foods, and <clears throat> magically. Uh, what appears on your plate is what you most need, what your body needs to eat. So somebody there has a big salad on their plate with all kinds of leafy vegetables and, and, and you have a lot of protein and somebody over there is having chocolate pudding. So, um, so but, but somehow your body knows what you need and so uh, it's magically appeared on your plate. And so your, your innate wisdom is, is actually uh, kind of hears and responds to um, what, what you need to hear, what you're open to hear, what you're ready to hear. And, and things that maybe you don't connect with are, are seeds. They're seeds, wholesome seeds that... that um, uh, maybe give you a sense of a, a kind of a larger picture, but um, or and uh, you uh, there's there's something that you, that's really alive for you now that that comes up in what you're hearing in the teaching is coming up in your meditation practices, and so that's that's what you need to attend to. And uh, so trust that, trust that experience, trust that wisdom, that that you are. And it may not even be, you know, an oh yes experience. It may be an oh no experience. Like, like sometimes things disturb us, which are true, <coughs> which we really need to hear. Sometimes we feel a little uncomfortable when we hear things that that uh, kind of connect with um, habits of the mind, habits of our behavior that uh, are unskillful, that are creating suffering in our lives. So, so it's that aliveness um, which is where we need to attend. So, so uh, a sense of, I'd like to encourage a sense of ease to be where you are in your practice. Um, so, uh, so, so there's a relaxation that should happen, but a relaxation which is also accompanied by right effort. So right effort is not about striving or comparing or, or, um, or trying to you know, get everything, but right effort is, um, is just keep showing up. You keep showing up, you keep being present, you keep paying attention to what's what's going on in your practice. And so so there'll be a lot that's offered and then and then if there's unclarity or confusion or you have a question then in the context of the small groups, um, the private interviews uh, that we'll have, or or there'll also be some opportunity for questions, you know, in the hall as well. Uh, then then um, 
you know, you can clarify. So I'd like to talk this morning um, about insight meditation. Excuse me, I'm getting over a cold. Oh, there's a little note I made for myself in the margin uh, just about what I was just talking about, about the process of, um, you know, of working with, working where you are, taking in what, um, uh, uh, what's, what you can work with. And, and, and so um, there are three stages of, of, uh, Dharma practice um, or or Dharma understanding. The first is hearing the Dharma. So so you're you're hearing you're going to be hearing over this weekend a lot of Dharma teaching, and um, and so you know as I said those are those are seeds. Uh, some of it you'll work with uh, deeply. Some of it will be kind of just giving you a big picture. The second stage is experiential understanding. So that's when, you know, all of this teaching, it's, it's not to be simply understood with the mind and worked with intellectually. It's really, um, you are the laboratory. We, our bodies, our minds are the laboratory within which we experiment with these teachings and see if they are true, see how they are true within our, our own being. And then the realization is the third stage. So, so realizing them, coming to really, um, uh, it's the light of um, awareness that dawns within us as, as we really realize these teachings. <clears throat> so I'd like to talk um, about insight meditation. <clears throat> Last night, I gave an introduction to samatha teaching. Uh, samatha meaning tranquility, so or calming. So last night, the practice we did was um, to, to, to quiet the restless, uh, driven, habit-driven mind. Um, uh, the, the mind learns to focus on a single object, to let go of you know habitual tendencies. Now, I'm not imagining. I'm not proposing that <clears throat> that in a single session um, the mind will necessarily have calmed down. So, so again, you know, you might you might continue working with samatha practice, uh, or you might um, introduce some insight practice as I explain it today. Um, so in in samatha practice there's a single object and the object that I gave you last night was the breath so you uh, so as the mind goes into thinking into imagining there's a a letting go a letting go of this habit of mind it's actually uh, it's a practice of renunciation renunciation is simply letting go so we let go of uh, of the the planning. We let go of the 
remembering what happened, going back over a conversation that happened, or or imagining some future conversation. We just let that go. And and we say, no, not now. I'm going to be here with this breath in this moment. Uh, and so we keep coming back to this present moment experience, which is the simple experience of a single breath, a single in-breath, a single out-breath. We can also use other single objects. Some people use body sensation, you know, or sound can be used. Um, those are those are a couple of uh, of other objects that can be used for samatha practice. <clears throat> In vipassana practice, we open the field. Vipassana practice. Um, uh, Vipassana uh, is is translated as insight, and um, and it it actually when we break the word down, Vipassana, the Pali word, it's seeing into. So we're seeing into our experience. Um, Bill mentioned uh, seeing clearly is sometimes a translation, or seeing deeply is another translation. So we're seeing into our experience and we are maintaining a moment-by-moment concentration to see the nature of experience. So rather than going deeply into a state of absorption in the breath, you know, deep concentration, we're we're staying with a a moment-by-moment attention to our present experience. And, and the intention in insight meditation is to, to know, directly know, not just intellectually understand the nature of the body, the nature of the mind, the nature of all experience. So the Buddha says to us, there are some things I want you to look to see when you are doing Vipassana practice. So see if this is so. And he gives us a little direction, but he doesn't want us to take his word for it. He wants us to see it for ourselves. Everything is changing. Everything, every moment. There's not a moment or even a micro-moment in which everything or anything remains permanent, unchanging, so the body is changing. The body is, you know, as we, as we bring our attention deep into the body, we can see that there are sensations rising and falling all the time. And so we, we refine our capacity to attend in insight meditation so that we can see deeply into the changing nature of the body. Now we can see that the body is changing over long periods of time, right? Um, you know, we see a picture of ourselves when we were a baby or a kid or, um, you know, a teenager and so on, you know, and then we see that we're aging. Um, so what the Buddha says is, if it's always changing... 
is it really you? I mean, in any in any sense, we, we can put a label on it, you know, okay, you know, Daryl at six months. Well, okay, but, you know, Daryl at 65, a little different. So, uh, you know, so there's, is that really... There's some there's some continuity there in the DNA, perhaps in certain patterns, but really, um, even though there's some continuity, it's not the same. So there's we can't really say that Daryl in six months is the same as Daryl today. Um, and so that's that's why we question this idea, this 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 insight into the changing nature of everything, of the body, of the mind. You know, this insight into this really questions our, our perception that there is some kind of self. You know, this is the question that Bill raised last night, you know, that we're going to be examining. This, this, this idea, this belief that that we have some kind of solid, permanent, unchanging self. <clears throat> so, uh, so the, uh, the there are three things that the Buddha wants us to look at in insight meditation to see if we see. So, the first is this that everything's changing moment by moment. So, the mind is changing too. Our thoughts, our moods. Our uh, our sensation, the senses, you know, hearing, seeing, tasting, touching, smelling, and so on. It's all flowing through us. Um, so all of this consciousness of seeing, consciousness of hearing, and so on. Um, then the Buddha said, the second thing that you should look out for is, you know, what happens when you try to make what is permanent what is impermanent, permanent. When you try to hold on to experience, oh, what a beautiful sunset. I just want to hold it. I just want to keep it in my mind. And so, so we're, we're struggling, we're suffering. Oh, what a beautiful day. Or, um, you know, I feel so good. I wish I could feel this way forever. Or another way that we try to hold on is by pushing away. So pushing away experience, resisting it. Um, I don't like having this cold. Uh, you know, like I could get into a sulk about it. Or, you know, why do, why do I have to get sick? Of all times now, why do I have to get sick? You know, so, so that's another way of holding it, is by resisting what's, what are, what's coming up in our experience. I don't like this pain in my hip. You know, uh, so the body tightens around it, and, and it's a way of of trying to get rid of it. Uh, but it's actually holding on to it. Um, so, so the second thing, the second thing is how we create suffering. So the first is impermanence. The second is this experience of suffering, and then the third thing the Buddha said to to look for in our meditation experience is <clears throat> you know if as I was talking about before if everything's changing how can we say that there is a 
uh, a solid, permanent, independent self of every of anything, you know, of this stick, for example, you know, like that. We we think of it as having self-existence, but actually, when we look at it with the eyes of wisdom, we see that in this stick there's sun and rain and earth and uh, you know because it was a tree right needed needed all these things to grow and then there's human skill uh, in creating tools to to create such a simple and beautiful and useful tool and um, and then there's um, you know, there's, you know, what's the green, what's the uh, uh, carbon footprint of this? You know, where, where did it come from? You know, did it come from Thailand or Indonesia? You know, what's the carbon footprint? How, you know, was, was the person who, who made this paid a just wage? What's the social justice index of this stick? There, everything, everything, the whole universe, all of time, is in this stick because. You know, without without the 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 heavy metals like iron and zinc and and uh, and gold that were created in the birth of stars, right at the beginning of time, uh, human beings couldn't exist. The Earth wouldn't exist as it does. Life wouldn't exist as it does. So when we look at anything, it's interconnected with everything. And so the Buddha said, you know. Everything arises from causes and conditions, and there is no se- separate self. So, so he 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 invites us to to really uh, in our meditation, in our in our Dharma reflection, to really look in deeply, to see deeply into our experience. And this is the insight. These are the insights. <clears throat> Excuse me. These are the insights of insight meditation. So, impermanence, everything's changing. Suffering, unsatisfactoriness, unreliability, those are different words that are used for the second. Uh, we try to grasp on to what can't be grasped. We try to hold on to it. And third, Everything is changing and arising from conditions, and so it does it has no self-existence. So that so those are the those are those are what we are we are coming to experiential understanding and realizing in our practice. So in insight meditation, uh, the practice itself is that we begin, as we do in samatha practice, with a single object, with, with just you know, attending to the breath, or just feeling body sensation, or, or sound. You know, I, I encourage you, if you're, if you're you know, just beginning, to, to begin with the breath. Um, and it's, a, it's a really wonderful um, object for meditation. And then in insight meditation, so rather than uh, if something else comes into our 
our awareness into our field of, of awareness. Uh, in, in samatha, we would let go and come back to the breath. In insight meditation, we, we allow the mind to, to attend to a sa- the sound, perhaps, or the physical sensation, and we notice its impermanent nature. We notice, or we notice its unsatisfactory nature. There are pali words for these three insights, which uh, I'll give you. The first is anicca, for impermanence. The second is dukkha, for the suffering, unsatisfactoriness. And the third is anatta, for the no-self, the selfless aspect. And um, and it's it's helpful to know the Pali words, and 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 they 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 have a a depth to them uh, or a richness to them which you know you, you you may explore as you continue in your practice. So um, so so we may notice uh, the you know as a, as we experience a physical sensation. We may notice um, that it's it's dukkha that there's it's unpleasant it's it's difficult. Instead of contracting around it, we we uh, we we see its impermanent nature. So we we just let ourselves uh, experience it without judging it, without resisting it. So the the, the quality of of attention in insight practice is called mindfulness. And mindfulness is attending in the present moment without judging, without resisting, without trying to grasp onto it, onto an experience. It's just, it's just really um, uh, knowing, knowing without reactivity. Knowing without um, a sense of I like this, I don't like this, I want this, I don't want this. Just simply knowing the experience and and letting it move through us, so we see its impermanent nature. And so the impermanence is really seems to be usually the the what comes through most clearly. Um, we're seeing the impermanent nature of sound. So a sound, a sound arises into awareness when we're meditating. And so, you know, even as the sound continues, there's a changing nature within the sound, the different qualities within the sound. So we can notice the changing nature of the sound, and then we notice that the sound passes away. And then we come back. So we keep coming back to this, what we call our anchor, the breath coming back, so we're hearing, and then come back. Once we see the impermanent nature, we can come back. A thought will arise, we notice the thought arising, we see its impermanent nature, come back. Now sometimes we get hooked by thoughts. Might happen quite a few times in in a sitting. So we get hooked, we get drawn into the thinking, we get drawn into the imagining, 
we get drawn into the inner dialogues. And then there's a moment of waking up. There's a mindful moment in which we recognize what's going on, that we're hooked. And, and then, so then, in that moment of recognition, notice what happens. We don't even need to let go, usually, because mindfulness has this quality of release. Mindfulness has this quality of non-attachment, of non-grasping. And so when, when the mind becomes mindful, release happens. And so then we come back to the anchor, we come back to the breath. So stillness is, um, in, in meditation, sitting with stillness is important um, because most of the time when we're moving our posture, it's we're chasing pleasant experiences. We're wanting to get rid of unpleasant sensations. So we feel a little stiffness in the knee or in the back, and so we shift. Uh, we feel a little, um, uh, a little sensation on the surface of the skin, and we do that. You know, and when the body doesn't come to stillness, the mind can't come to stillness. And the body is, you know, always involved in trying to get rid of unpleasant and and try to hold on to pleasant experiences. So so when when there's a mild or just a slight discomfort or irritation in the body and mindfulness is present, you can notice it. You can just be aware of it, and uh, and it will um, it will be there. It will you can you can bring attention to it, uh, see its impermanent nature, see how it moves around, it changes. Come back to the breath. If there's an intensity of discomfort and you feel that you know you're really unable to hold a posture without, you know, a lot of struggle, then you could very quietly and mindfully shift. And maybe that might happen once during a sitting. But if it's happening, you know, many times during a sitting, then there's, it's, it's, there's a restlessness of the mind which is taking over. So, and so I say this as a, as a guideline, okay? So, I, you know, it's not to judge or to, you know kind of uh, um, in any way uh, yeah it's not to judge uh, so it, it's, it's a working it's, it's, a, it's a working instruction for your practice to, to uh, so if you if you do you know if you're not mindful in a moment and you and you do you know scratch an itch or whatever uh, don't berate yourself about it it's just go carry on then you're caught in the in the past and uh, and you're not being in the present <clears throat> so I'd like to um, I'd like us to do a, a practice uh, before we do that uh, does anybody have any question about insight meditation practice 
If you want to release your posture for a moment before you you sit, you can do that, or or just take a moment to stand up. Taking your seat is is something that that is an important beginning to every sitting. So we we consciously take our seat. So remembering um, about finding a stable posture, a balanced posture, uh, an energized posture, lifting through the spine from the base of the spine through the crown of the head. Relaxing in the body. Just allowing the body to be open, relaxed. Relaxed. 